Hi everyone, just before we get into today's show, don't forget we have one Listener League spot left up for grabs. Your code word, if you want to be involved with that, is winner. So head over to our Twitter at Full10Yards, find the tweet for the, about the Listener League last spot and reply under it, winner. And the first one that does that will be in the Listener League. Good luck. Fantasy football is just around the corner. And what better way to go into your fantasy drafts than with the fresh, newest, at FF Brit Ballers fantasy rankings for 2019. They're now available at www.fulltenyards.com. Go check them out and win your draft. What's up, everybody? This is FF Stompy, your reigning Scott Fishbowl champion, and you are listening to the best fantasy football podcast in the United Kingdom, the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome in everybody to the full 10 yards fantasy edition podcast where every yard counts providing you play decimal scoring. I'm your host Rob Grimwood. You can find me on the Twitter at FFBrickBaller. You can find the show at F10Y Fantasy. You can find the, the main full 10 yards at full 10 yards and the website of course www.full10yards.com. On there you are going to find a BrickBall section. A college section, an NFL general general section, a fantasy section, and a betting page. So there you go. What else do you want? We are giving you everything you need for everything NFL uh, related, including the BritBall stuff. Um, so yeah, go check it out. Go check the other podcasts out as well. Me and Lee did a, a, fa- a fantasy podcast. This is this one. A college podcast last week, which has dropped and got some uh, really good reviews, actually. So thank you for those people who are leaving us positive reviews on that one. Um, and yeah, the, the articles that Lee's, Lee is writing and his team uh, are fantastic. Uh, anyone with a slight interest in college football, do go check them out because it's it's well worth it. You're going to learn a lot uh, for, from those supply lines that that Lee's been writing, as well as the podcast and and his team. Um, Britball Tim has just released a a really good uh, intro insight into the the women's game. They've got their Euros on at the moment, Euro qualification uh, championships. And, and yeah, that was a really good interview with, with one of the girls who, who's representing the, uh, Great Britain in that. So go check that out as well. Um, and the betting stuff is coming real soon. Adam Wolford from Touchdown Tips is our resident betting guy. And uh, yeah, he's going to start loading you up with information and tips and naps and all sorts that you need to put where to put your money coming into the season. Uh, for, as for us today, we have got uh, a very special guest, Marcus Grant from NFL Fantasy Live, uh, one of the guys that I've followed for many years, and he's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and yeah, I, I may or may not come over. Like I've got a little bit of a man crush on him as well. Uh, I'll leave that for you to decide. Uh, but yeah, we talk some sleepers and deep sleepers. There's, um, we won't go into much news today. Reason being is this is a pre-recorded show. Uh, this will probably be airing, I guess it's over the weekend, now and this was recorded on Wednesday so if we, if we go through news it's just pretty much expired uh, I imagine by now Zeke's probably signed a new contract Melvin Gordon signed a new contract um, <laughs> yeah here's hoping I guess right but uh, no fantasy uh, fantasy is just getting kicked off uh, August is my all-time favorite month it's like Christmas come early 
we've got maybe two weeks now until we get into the really into the thick of drafting um so yeah that leaves me to say go check out the fantasy page on the website because there is some key ingredients on there for you to win your draft uh, there's key ingredients on there for you to draft the right players in the right places, um, sleepers, deep sleepers, and, and obviously what we're going to discuss today as well with Marcus Grant and, and all the other podcasts. We've got some fantastic array of ghosts. <laughs> we've got a fantastic array of ghosts, apparently. No, I mean guests. We've got a fantastic array of guests on the show for you, giving you the best advice. So without further ado, let's jump into it. And here is what I recorded with Marcus Grant. Uh, joining me now is uh, one of my favourite fantasy analysts. I've been a big fan for a, a few years now, so a bit of a fanboy moment happening here. Um, but I must say, before I intro him onto the show, uh, that this guy has got some serious swagger. Because every time I see him on the TV, every time I see him on on Facebook or whatever, the, my video pops up. I just, I am amazed. I just go, man, Marcus Grant can really, really pull this off. How are you doing today, sir? I'm fantastic. I appreciate the invitation, Rob. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, how do you pull off all those suits and all the good looks on TV? Is it wardrobe or is that is that you, man? You know what? It, it's it's a combination. It's it's wardrobe. It's it's the fact that I have a lot of people around me who have good taste and who suggest a lot. Because left to my own devices, uh, I'm pretty much jeans, t-shirts, and, and sneakers all day. But uh, I have a lot of people around me who who have good fashion sense. Uh, and who advise me well, and and I just I, I learned to take instruction from others. Oh, man. I just know every time I see you, I just like I, yeah, MG is dapper, and that's the word I use, absolutely <laughs> dapper. So uh, so fair play to you, my man. Um, let's have a bit of uh, MG news. Well, I mean, wh- how did you get into this game? How did you get into being a fantasy analyst, and wh- what drew you to NFL fantasy life? You know, it's funny. I, I tell people all the time, I sort of fell backwards into this. I, I hadn't planned on it. I, I certainly didn't plan to to make uh, fantasy sports my career. I spent a long time working in, in sports media and in sports radio in particular. Uh, I was working for a radio station and then I ended up losing my job. The company I worked for was sold, moved to a completely different city. And so I was sort of left unemployed for a while uh and then uh applied for a bunch of jobs on on someone's recommendation at the nfl i honestly had forgotten about it i went months and didn't hear a thing and sort of had forgotten about it and um this was 2011 when the nfl lockout was happening i i ended up getting a call from michael fabiano and he, uh, you know, he asked me if I was interested in writing about fantasy football, that, that, you know, he was interested. He had a job open, wanted to know if I was interested. And, you know, at the time I was sitting on my couch freelance writing and, and watching old episodes of, of Law and Order SVU. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, hey, yeah, man, if, you, if it pays, I'm, I'm definitely there. So uh, the day they announced that the lockout was over was the day Fabs called me and offered me the job. Uh, that was, like I said, that was August of 2011. So I just recently passed eight years here. Um, it, like I said, I never expected it, but it's been a pretty amazing ride. Awesome, man! And now you're doing your very own podcast with the the one and only Fabs and, and Graham Barford as well. Uh, how is it with those two in the studio with you? Oh, it's fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, we 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 give each other a hard time, you know, and uh, yeah, it's it's it's. I won't say it's new because we did we we did last season together as well. But yeah. I think every year. Uh, and every show we, we do together, we're starting to kind of get a little more of a rhythm. But uh, it, it's a lot of fun. And I think this time of year especially, 
Uh, now that we have actual football to talk about, it's not just speculation on news stories. Like it, it, uh, it's a lot of fun to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So anyone listening who hasn't uh, yet, and I'm sure you have, but if you haven't listened to Marcus Grant and and the guys on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast, do so. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. I've been listening for years and uh, definitely some fantastic advice comes out of those guys' mouths. That's why I've got MG on the show today because, yeah, man, I want to know some sleepers. I think it's important for people heading into draft season uh, to target those players in the sort of middle rounds that mm-hmm. other people are sleeping on. And then right at the end there, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you for a deep, deep sleeper, one guy that is possibly not even getting drafted or at least in the very late rounds. Um, so, yeah, we want to we tell the people of the UK – sort of we're trying to gear them up for to how to draft properly in fantasy right um for our beginners that listen to us so so these sleeper guys these are guys that a lot of people will pass on won't particularly pick up in the first few rounds uh but these are the middle guys who uh, myself and marcus are going to take you through some guys who we really really like to have a good season in 2019 and as my esteemed guest mg i will let you kick us off with a mid-round sleeper uh, my mid-round sleeper right now is Christian Kirk. Uh, I wrote about him last week on NFL.com as a guy that I, you know, I. What has confused me is that there's so much hype around the Arizona Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury coming in as a new coach and this new offense, uh, and then their quarterback Kyler Murray is a guy that everybody in fantasy seems to really love. But I don't understand how that bump hasn't hasn't translated to sure. his wide receiver. And, and Christian Kirk is a guy that, you know, he, I think, projects to be the number one wide receiver. I think David Johnson will catch a lot of passes. But Christian Kirk, as the wide receiver, might be the wide receiver one on that team. Uh, he's a young, talented, athletic guy in an offense that has the potential to score a lot of points. But he's still coming off the board somewhere in the in the seventh round or so. And I think he's coming off the board behind guys that I don't think have quite the level of opportunity. And it, it sort of confused me. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to kind of. I get that draft discount on him, but yeah. I don't really understand why it's happening. And so I've sort of been preaching the gospel of Christian Kirk for the last few weeks, trying to get more people to understand that this guy really has the potential to do some big things this year. Man, I really need to learn some lessons and I need to speak to my guests before we actually start the show because Christian Kirk was the guy that I was going to talk about as well. So <laughs> I I am I, I'm on that page with you, buddy. Uh, yeah, I think uh, this new offense with Cliff Kingsbury is obviously we, the word that gets thrown around is air raid. Obviously, we know Kyler Murray is, is someone who's not shy to throw the ball. And, and Christian Kirk, is he showed it last year. He glimpsed that he can be a really good and step up to the next level kind of receiver. Uh, I think it's a, the, the changing of the guard with Larry Fitzgerald. I think he's hanging around to nurture these new young guys into the team to, to give them a, sort of a, a leg up, if you will. But yeah, Christian Kirk, for me, he steps up, takes it up to the next level this year. Uh, one guy that I'm looking at and very interested in is currently going in the sixth rounds of PPR drafts. And that's Alshon Jeffrey. I cannot believe Alshon Jeffrey is falling this far in drafts. He's falling behind People like Tyler Boyd, who we're not sure how much of a, uh, you know, how how big of a role he's going to get at the moment. He's going ahead of Tyler Lockett, who, yes, he flashes. But Alshon Jeffrey is a wide receiver one in one of the best offenses in football, guys. And the best thing is Carson Wentz is back. And we know that Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey have a chemistry. Uh, I just think this is going to be a fantastic spot to pick up Alshon Jeffrey this year. MG, what's, what's your takes? 
Yeah, I think it is. I think I think what has happened with Alshon is that people are just sort of confused about the Eagles as a whole because there are so many weapons there, right? We, we know that Zach Ertz is going to get the ball. Sure. We, we keep hearing these reports out of camp that Deshaun Jackson looks like he's back and you know he's playing well again. Um, we're still trying to sort through all the running backs, whether it's Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard or you know Corey Clement. There's so many guys back there that we're still trying to cycle. And I think I think it, it's become sort of uh, paralysis by choice, right? There's so many guys there that I think a lot of people aren't quite sure where to go that you know, it, when it's not named Zach Ertz. And I think Alshon Jeffrey has sort of been penalized by that, fairly or unfairly. But I think you're right. I think once we start to see a little more clearly. I think once we see the Eagles on the field in the preseason, I think people will start to remember exactly how good he can be. And I think that the point you made about Carson Wentz being back and being healthy should get it. You should get people more energized about him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, since Alshon's been in Philadelphia, he's had 15 touchdowns. Uh, he's had just over 1,500 yards and uh, 11, uh, 100, 112 receptions. I mean, this guy is a guy that you can plug in the sixth round in fantasy drafts is, you know, obviously your mid-rounds. I'd be more than happy to roll Alshon Jeffrey out as my wide receiver one. I'll be completely honest. I'm, I'm more than happy to do that, uh, which ties in with the, the episode we've just had with, with uh, Stompy. We're talking about draft strategies, and it ties in with what we were saying about we like to take two or three running backs in the first four picks. Because there's players like Alshon Jeffrey who you can pick up in the mid-rounds or Christian Kirk and, and these guys who are going to be more than serviceable and potentially wide receiver ones in fantasy teams. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you know, and I, I've kind of gone with quickly just with the route of going, I, like you, going running back early because there's so much depth at wide receiver that I can yeah. go wide receiver heavy the rest of my draft. I feel like I'm okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, talking of running backs, is there anyone in the sort of mid-rounds that you're targeting for running backs or do they kind of fall off a cliff after what, round four? I mean, they kind of do. So it's funny because you know, as we talk about the Eagles, I, I was I was starting to talk myself into Jordan Howard uh, for a couple of weeks, sure. feeling like, you know, it's going to be he and Miles Sanders primarily in that backfield. And I, I felt like Howard's the guy that is sort of the, the short yardage, the goal line guy that should get opportunities on first. Um, and I sort of talked myself into believing that he could kind of be the guy. Uh, I've gotten a little scared, admittedly, in the last week or so, seeing all these reports about how much better Miles Sanders has been in mm. practice and all this belief that at some point during the season, Miles Sanders is going to overtake him and become the starting running back. So that has that has made me a little bit more nervous. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think I've, I haven't drafted him as much in mocks recently because of that. But I still believe that there is a role for Jordan Howard. Uh, I think another guy just just briefly is Tariq Cohen. Uh, just because I know people love David Montgomery in Chicago, but there's still going to be a role for Tariq Cohen. If you believe that Montgomery takes over for Jordan Howard, who left Chicago, mm-hmm. that still leaves a lot of opportunity for Tariq Cohen to get on the field, to be a pass catcher, and just to kind of be that change of pace guy. So, you know, I, I understand people sort of being scared off of him because of Montgomery, but I still think there's plenty of opportunity to be had. Yeah, definitely. And and back to your Howard point. I mean, I think I'm one of the only analysts out there that's actually quite high on Jordan Howard. I'm more than happy to take him at his ADP just because there could potentially be a situation where he he has a very similar role to being in Chicago, but in my opinion, has a slightly better offensive line in Philadelphia. So, you know, he could do some real damage. He could, he could probably get 
Yeah, what we're talking like six to eight touchdowns from the goal line. I mean, that's fantasy relevant right there. Um, you know, for someone who you could be a flex starter for sure. Um, so yeah, I like that shout in particular, and and Tariq Cohen as well. We know, especially in PPR leagues, he's, he's going to be dynamite this year. Uh, the one I'm going to take it slightly higher in the ADP, um, and and I'm going to talk about Carryon Johnson just for a minute, just because he is going around sort of the fourth round at the moment, uh, third round, fourth round. This guy could. This guy's got so much potential potential to be a top five running back in this league. It's scary. Uh, on has now got all the backfield to himself. Theo Riddick is off to pastures new in Denver. Um, but yeah, I just love the outlook for on Johnson. He showed me last year that he could be a, a, a more than competent wide, uh, running back. Uh, I know Detroit aren't the greatest of offenses, but don't forget Matt Stafford was out injured last season. He had a broken back. I mean, come on. Things are going to get better in that offense. And I think they're going to go through on Johnson. I think he's going to get uh, a lot of more a lot more opportunity in the passing game. Uh, like I said, now Theo Riddick's gone. And yeah, one, two, three down back. Theo, uh, Theo Riddick. Uh, Kerryon Johnson, he, he's definitely someone that I'm targeting probably late in second round. How about you? Yeah, no, I know a lot of people are kind of getting high on, on carry on Johnson. We uh, we were lucky enough to have the fantasy footballers sitting in with us uh, yes. last week yes. for one of our podcasts. And Jason Moore, uh, he basically just went on this long soliloquy about how much he loves carry on Johnson <laughs> this year in that offense. And, and I think the the persona that Matt Patricia wants this team to have is, and it's, it's not surprising, he's a defensive coordinator by trade. He wants this team to play defense and run the football. They're not, they're not the Lions of the past that would throw the ball, you know, 650, 700 times a year. Like, that, that's over. And so I think, especially with Theo Riddick not being there, that means that Johnson not only uh, is going to run the football, but I think they like him, his abilities as a pass catcher, which, look, we're all looking for guys who can stay on the field for three downs. Yep. And Theo Riddick, going away opens up the opportunity for carry on Johnson to be a three down back. Yeah. Yeah. I just actually caught his ADP. He has jumped since that Theo Riddick news. He was going in the fourth round. He's now going at three Oh two. So yeah, not really a sleeper. So uh, he was last week, but not so much this week as he's, as he's, breaking into the beginning of the third round and interestingly enough uh, just off topic here Melvin Gordon 12 uh, second round 12th pick as well he is he is falling uh, like a lead balloon some would say uh, after this this contract uh, debacle uh, we're not going to get into that uh, talk to me some talk to me some tight ends uh, right now obviously we know tight ends is a position where you can wait on these in the draft unless you you're kind of nailed in to get one of these top 3 guys this is a, a an open field. The tight end position is in fantasy football. Uh, MG, who who are you targeting uh, at, at tight end in the later rounds? Yeah, you know it's funny. I, I will say this to start with. I think that you know tight end will not be as bad this year as it was in the past. Like last year, yeah. it was it was a wasteland. Um, you know, if you didn't have one of the top three guys, if you didn't have Ertz or Kittle or Kelsey, then, then you were probably hurting. I think this year it gets better. You know, we've, we've got those top three. We've got David Njoku, I think, will be good. Uh, Hunter Henry should be back and healthy. Delaney Walker, hopefully, is back and healthy. So I think there's going to be some more depth. But a name that I think has only gotten a little bit of attention that should be getting more attention is Vance McDonald in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, look, obviously, with Antonio Brown leaving, that opens up a whole lot of targets in that offense. Yeah. Um, they're not all going to go to Juju Smith-Schuster because he's already getting he's already getting a lot of looks as it is. You know, we're still waiting to see whether or not 
uh, you know, James Washington or Dante Moncrief steps up at the other wide, re wide receiver position. But Vance McDonald has shown that he's got some skills. I mean, you go back to his time early in his career in San Francisco, and he was a guy that they would look to on occasion to catch the football there. And I think that that's only going to incre increase and improve uh, with his time in Pittsburgh now that they are looking for other guys to take over some of those Antonio Brown targets. And he's a guy that's coming off the board, I think, in like double-digit rounds at this point. So if you decide you're not going to invest early in a tight end, Vance McDonald is a guy that plays in a high-volume passing offense. The Steelers threw the ball as much as any second in the league uh, in terms of, of passing overall. So uh, that means there's opportunity there. And he's a guy who is, is very talented and comes with you know a nearly free ADP draft price. And I think you know at some point, you want to believe that people are going to start paying to him. Man, I, you mentioned the fantasy footballers and, and Mike Wright, we know, is doing the Vance dance, as he likes to say, because he loves Vance McDonald. <laughs> now, I must admit, I Vance McDonald for me is a guy that has just been growing and growing and growing and growing on me this year. I think my first rankings went out on the, f uh, the first week of April and I update them uh, at the beginning of every month, every month. And Vance McDonald, I think, started off as my tight end 18 and... Just tonight, I am well. Tonight, this is uh, pre-recorded. So Wednesday last week, <laughs> I have released my uh, my latest rankings for the for the training camp uh, portion of the season. And Vance McDonald is my tight end seven. That's how much he's grown on me. He's gone from eighteen to seven. I really, really love his outlook. And every time I I look through the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Vance McDonald is going to get more and more shut, uh, throws in the end zone. He's going to get more and more receptions throughout the season as it goes on. So I love that shout. Uh, and surprisingly for me, I, I've never been on this rookie tight end thing. I don't like it. I think the narrative's correct. Uh, they don't tend to perform in the first season. We did have an anomaly with Evan Ingram. And I wonder if we're going to get an anomaly with Noah Fant. Here's my reasonings behind that. Joe Flacco, obviously, from come, comes over from, from Baltimore, who loves to throw to his tight ends. That's a narrative that we can all get on board with. Noah Fant is by far the best pass-catching tight end in Denver. I think you put two and two together and get a rookie tight end that can repeat the kind of numbers that Evan Engram had in, in the offense in, in New York. And I think I really like Noah Fant, and I, it's... Again, I'm going against my own kind of feelings with rookie tight ends, but he's definitely, he and uh, TJ Hawkinson are kind of a class above the rest from the recent years that come through the draft. Don't you agree? I'm 100% behind you on Noah Fan, And from the moment he got drafted, uh, I, I said that's just a good landing spot for him with yeah. his skill set and the quarterback, as you mentioned, Joe Flacco. Um, yeah, I, a hundred percent agree with that. I, you know, and I, and I, I understand that the, the rookie tight end fear, I get it, but I think, I think as the position, uh, evolves in, in, in recent years, uh, as we get guys who are more pass catchers, you know, now you're starting to see two types of tight ends. You have your blocking tight ends and you have your pass catching tight ends. And I think more teams are going to start using two tight ends on the field. But as you get more guys who are athletic, like Evan Ingram, like Noah Fant, I think the the stigma around rookie tight ends will start to disappear. I mean, I think part of the issue was that tight ends had a lot to learn coming into the league. You had to learn their blocking scheme yeah. because that was a big part of what you did. Then you were asked to learn uh, pass routes and that sort of thing. If you start to take pieces away from that and ask guys to specialize, I think the learning curve becomes shorter. I think Noah Fant is going to probably, uh, I think he'll, he'll, he'll gain from that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I say... I really like the situation that, as you said, that he's landed in. And uh, I think he's a special talent. He was great at Iowa last year. Uh, and, yeah, I think there's a, there's a space for him in the NFL. Um, let's just quickly flip to quarterback. And we don't spend much time on quarterbacks on a fantasy show just because we all know you can draft a quarterback late. Uh, which which quarterback are you targeting late, MG? Man, I don't know. It's funny because I... I really have gone all in on Andrew Luck as the QB one this year. And so like, this is one of those rare years. It's one of those rare years where I've actually started to kind of go a little early just because I want to try to get luck as much as possible. Um, But I think if you're looking late, uh, Lamar Jackson is a name that, that has really kind of jumped out to me because, you know, as, as we like to say around here, uh, having a quarterback who can run with the football is kind of a cheat code. Exactly. And we know Lamar Jackson can do that. And, And the stories you've heard so far this summer are that he really is starting to progress. He's worked on he's worked on his mechanics. Uh, he's starting to become hopefully a little bit more accurate. And he's got a, a an offensive coordinator in Greg Roman, who is is very good at at working with quarterbacks that have a similar skill set to Lamar Jackson. I mean, we can go back and uh, Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator in San Francisco when Colin Kaepernick hit his peak. I mean, he was the offensive coordinator when Colin Kaepernick got within five yards of winning a Super Bowl against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, yeah, we've seen him work with a lot of guys like this in the past. And so I think the idea of him working with Lamar Jackson in this offense is really exciting. Uh, and if, if the progression is what the reports are saying is, um, the fact that you can get him really late and, and have that guy who can get you some, some cheap yards on the ground, I think that's a big plus for a lot of people. Talk, talk to me now. Why is Lamar Jackson currently going as the QB 18 in fantasy drafts? I mean, I know, you know, every man and his dog knows that this guy is a running back playing quarterback position. Everyone knows that running back is a really good position to have in fantasy football. It gets you a lot of points. It's a cheat code for a quarterback. So why are no one buying into Lamar Jackson being a fantasy relevant quarterback? It's funny. I, I talked about this on, on one of our recent podcasts is that I think there's just a disconnect, I think, between the, the analysts, the folks who, who study this and who spend all year with this stuff and the people who are, are just kind of more casual and just drafting. Because sure. look, we, we're in August and, and this is the time of year when a lot of people kind of just start to tune in. Right. And they, they're, they've been enjoying their summer. Now it's time to kind of start paying attention to fantasy. And I think they look back at last year's numbers that on paper don't necessarily blow you away. Uh, and and they, they sort of wonder. They, they heard the stories about Lamar Jackson not being an accurate passer. Um, and I just think there's a lot of skepticism. But the fantasy analysts, the fantasy community has been very excited about Lamar Jackson. And I just I don't think the two sides have quite connected yet. But I think mm-hmm. I think as more people start to pay attention and start to read and study up and, and start to kind of follow along again, I think you'll see that gap kind of close. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of weeks, you see that number change a little bit. And if Lamar goes out and has a couple of really good preseason games, that number is going to change a whole lot. Yeah, definitely. absolutely agree. And, and yeah, I, I think I, I can I can buy into what you're saying there. There, there is definitely a, a a gap where you've got, yeah, your NFL fans who know that Lamar Jackson is not really the greatest of throwing quarterbacks. and But then you've got the, the fantasy nuts like you and I who live, breathe and sleep fantasy football. We know that he's a cheat code. So, yeah, definitely uh, agree with that. OK, we've got a couple of minutes left, MG. I, I'd, I'd like to pick your brains on some really deep guys right now, guys that are going really late in drafts or not even drafted at all. Is there a couple of kind of under the radar guys that you're excited to watch this year that maybe you're picking up as a as a last round flyer to see if they can go off? 
Yeah, uh, I got a couple of wide receivers that, that I've been looking at. Uh, one uh, I wrote about last week, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, in Green Bay. I, I've, I've taken to calling the, the Packers receivers the alphabet crew because between <laughs> you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, Geronimo Allison, like yeah. they lead the league in person. They can support two very high-level wide receivers. I mean, we saw it a few years ago with Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson. Um, and the early the early talk has been that Valdez Scantling uh, has sort of taken over as the number two wide receiver, and that Geronimo Allison may end up being kind of the slot guy there. And we we saw MVS flash a few times late in the season when the Packers had injuries, and he was sort of pressed into service there. And I think with that year under his belt uh, and a little more seasoning, I, I think he is ready to really take off. So I've, I've kind of been big on him. The other guy that I've I've thrown a dart at in the very last round of drafts uh, has been Keyshawn Johnson in Arizona. And so, you know, I, I talked earlier about Christian Kirk sure. and what I think he could be in that Cardinal offense. Keyshawn Johnson was a guy that I, I had the, the good fortune to go to the combine. Graham Barfield and I were in Indianapolis for the combine back in February. And when the wide receivers went out there, you know, everybody talked about DK Metcalf because I mean, he, he came out and between his physical build and just his testing athletically, he looked like a superhero and, and guys like Paris Campbell had incredibly fast 40 times. And you know, there was nothing about Johnson in his athletic testing that really stood out. What stood out to me was in some of the drills, his route running was very crisp and very precise. You know, when guys like Steve Smith are taking notice of what your route running is, I think that says something. And I think that's carried over to the practices. He's a guy who is, who's opened the eyes of the coaches in Arizona since they've been in training camp and very quietly is sort of moving up the depth chart. And again, if you're talking about very end of the draft, just taking a dart throw at somebody in an offense that has the potential to score a lot of points, um, you know, being athletic and being fast is one thing. Being able to get open is something completely else. And Keyshawn Johnson is able to get open. And I think that could pay dividends long term. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and with, with players like Hakeem Butler not really uh, doing much in training camp, there could well be an opportunity for someone like Keyshawn J Johnson to get in there and, and to sort of state his worth. So I can, I can buy into that for sure. Uh, the two guys that I like really late in drafts, and you probably won't agree with me because they're quite out there, but... Miles Boykin, wide receiver, rookie wide receiver from the Baltimore Ravens, is one guy that uh, I'm a little bit biased on because I'm a Notre Dame fan. Um, so yeah, I I, I kind of I buy in a bit more than everyone else, but I think he's got a genuine opportunity to be a, a usable piece in that offense. I know he's on an off on, on an offense that doesn't really throw the ball, but with Marquise Brown struggling with an injury. With Willie Sneed, ineffective. There is definitely a place for Miles Boykin in that offense, and he can do it all. He ripped the combine up. I mean, if you were there, you saw that he was really, really good at the combine. Uh, so I'm really excited for for Miles Boykin in Baltimore. But the other guy that I want to talk about is a running back. Uh, he's going so late in drafts. I've seen him. I've seen him undrafted in most of the mocks that I've been doing, uh, and unbelievable. That's Adrian Peterson, the guy that will not die. Uh, and I, I just I love the fact that he's probably still going to be the starting running back come week one in Washington, who doesn't have a lot else to speak for on offense. The guy is just coming off a, was it a nearly a thousand yard season last season? Or did he get a thousand yards? Something like that. You know, uh, I, I just missed. Just missed. So, you know, this, <laughs> I still love picking him up because he could genuinely be a guy who could, you know, who could be an RB2 in fantasy should he get, uh, you know, should he get the majority of carries. Darius Geist, we know, is, is, 
he's injury prone. Can we say that? We don't even know if he's prone because he's just been injury since he's been in the league. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Adrian Peterson and and, and Miles Boykin as last round dart throws. Uh, any, any takes on those two guys? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I I haven't really looked at Miles Boykin, admittedly, but I, I think I think what goes in his favor is that there are no there are no locked in roles in that that Baltimore uh, wide receiver group right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, you expect that Marquise Brown, if he's healthy, gets a lot of opportunity. You would think Willie Sneed, as a veteran, kind of gets some opportunities, but there's nothing that's set in stone with that group. So it's certainly possible that Miles Boykin kind of works his way into an opportunity there. And I, I think his ability with the after the catch with the football in his hands will do him well in an offense that, you know, will ask a lot of its wide receivers to do stuff after the catch. Um, Adrian Peterson, look, I guess if there's one thing I've learned doing this for a while now is to, to never completely count him out because I know last year uh, I definitely poo-pooed any opportunity he had and certainly there were weeks where he, he proved me wrong. And so uh, I guess you can certainly never count him out. And I think the thing about it is because he's going so late in drafts or not at all, you're not really risking anything. Exactly. So, you know, it, you can take him, and if it doesn't work out, you cut him, you put him back on the waiver wire, and really it's kind of no harm, no foul. But if he turned out to be productive like he was last year, then suddenly you've got a hidden gym there. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's what it's all about, isn't it? It's picking out these guys who are kind of deep sleepers that aren't being drafted. And you never know. You never, ever know. There could be someone like Philip Lindsay or, or you know, Robbie Anderson. These guys that aren't drafted um, in fantasy football, aren't even drafted in the actual NFL. And they come out to be absolutely fantastic pieces. Uh, MG, Marcus Grant, so thank you so much for coming uh, onto the full 10 yards. I know you're a busy, busy man for this time of year. So I really, really appreciate your time, buddy. Hey, I appreciate the invitation. I enjoyed it. Let's uh, maybe talk again in the future. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll we'll try and catch you in the season. Uh, if not, we'll end of the season. It'll be uh, oh, definitely looking forward to it. It's been an, an exciting buzz for the last couple of weeks and uh, just raring to get into it now. And fingers crossed and hoping and praying that there's no major injuries. Uh, however, I have just... I have just had an alert from Sleeper to say that Nick Bosa is currently on the floor. So uh, I don't know any San Francisco fans out there. You might want to just close your eyes for a minute. I grew, I grew up as a 49er fan. I saw that. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Hoping for the best right now. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much, Marcus G. And, uh, yeah, uh, everyone, where could we find you on Twitter? Uh, at Marcus G. M-A-R-C-A-S-G. You can find us there. And uh, to the heads up, we are... Uh, we're back. Fantasy Live uh, is back starting Monday, August 12th. You can find us on NFL.com, streaming there. And uh, for your listeners that have NFL Network, we are back live on television starting on uh, September 2nd. So uh, it is it's right around the corner. Yeah, definitely. Go check out the dapper Marcus Grant. Go check out what I'm talking about, how good he pulls off these looks. And you're going to look at your TV screen and go, wow, he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it thanks man I'll take care I'm um, too the fantastic Marcus Grant there for you guys uh, yeah like we said go follow him on Twitter uh, again these like I said last week when I had Mike Tagliere on the show the guys that are on this show right now the guests that we're getting on or, or the ghosts as I said earlier <laughs> that we're getting on uh, this this show for you are the best in the business Marcus Grant Mike Tagliere James Coe coming next week hopefully Chris Means is going to come in Chris Meany is going to come in and talk some DFS um, Tom Kislenberry all of these guys Stompy these guys are 
champions they're the best at their job they get paid for being a fantasy analyst so they all they what they do is they they sit there they analyze data they they figure out the best players to draft for fantasy football so they they are on the show for you to give you the best advice so listen to them and and take what you want from these shows um like i said at the top of the show go and and follow the website www.410yards.com and go check out all the fantastic goodness we've got there for you uh, coming your way soon like i just mentioned james co is coming on in a couple of weeks uh, next week we've got uh, we've got two doctors coming on the show fantasy doctors uh, jesse morse and I think we've got another one. I think Tim's going to do another one as well. Um, so this is a really different angle to look at fantasy football. We're going to have uh, Dr. Jesse Morse is coming on, on my show with me to talk AJ Green, Andrew Lark, um, and talk about like Cooper Cup returning, stuff like that. Um, and obviously Todd Gurley, what, what's going on with, with his arthritic knees. Um, so it'll be interesting to hear his takes. And I think we're going to get into it with Devonta Freeman, because as you know, I am. Uh, <laughs> I get a bee in my bonnet when it comes to Devonta Freeman not being injury prone. Uh, I've already spoken to uh, Dr. Jesse Wars about this, and he is is a doctor, uh, and he is in the corner that uh, Devonta Freeman is prone to injury. So it will be interesting to to <laughs> to argue my point with a doctor. Uh, I don't think it's going to go very well for me, but nonetheless, uh, he's going to come on and uh, and talk some players. He's got really good insight, so that'll be interesting to hear. Um, and yes, yeah, there's another guest, great guest lines up for you for the fantasy podcasts here, uh, trying to win you your drafts and win you your all-important fantasy titles. Um, but for now, um, it leaves me to say... Take it easy, peeps. And in the great words of the great Kevin Cato, it's a bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.